Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And I can assure you that this will be a Dalmatian-free episode, despite it being 101. (laughs) Yeah, we decided to leave those. We wanted to make sure we didn't reveal their location to Cruella. I guess you could say I skinned it out of the episode. Okay. <laughs> That's inappropriate. You know, I never understood how uh, Under One Dalmatians was a, ki- a kid's movie because of like the subject matter. I don't understand. Yeah, it seems pretty dark yeah. of a topic. <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen the new one, which... Yeah retrospect we should have done that for this episode yeah that would have been very smart so (laughs) really if you think about it disney disney fucked up yeah they didn't have it on disney plus in time for our episode yeah it's it's really really disney's fault maybe have a better schedule yeah disney (laughs) yeah that's one way think about it (laughs) you have to assume that they changed the backstory right right yeah i think so too like i I have to believe that Disney would have modified the story such that it's not skinning puppies. Like, she's, she kidnapped <laughs> Dalmatians so she'd give them a better home. Right, yeah. Like, she just really wanted to, like, give them baths and... Turns out Cruella's just a fucking animal hoarder. <laughs> yeah. We should probably watch that. Well, I guess just whenever it comes on Disney+, Plus, we will. It should be soon. It's gotta be, right? It's out of theaters, finally. <laughs> finally. I don't, know, I don't know why I said finally. <laughs> I really don't. I haven't thought about it. I was like, why did I say finally? Do I... Do I address it? Yeah. I guess you chose to. <laughs> Sorry. I had to. No, we'll watch it once on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you realize... This is not... We're, this is my transition. Okay. <laughs> do, do you realize the Olympics is like in like a few days? Uh Oh, yeah. Okay. That that tracks. I forgot entirely. I, I kept being reminded that the Olympics is coming up and then like yeah. I'd forget and then mm-hmm. reminded again and then mm-hmm. I'd forget and like... Yeah. I guess it just kind of shows I don't care. Right. Which is odd because I typically like to watch the Olympics, but I guess not this year. Yeah, I haven't cared about the Olympics in years. We used to watch it as a family. We used to watch the horse stuff and the figure skating, and that was it. <laughs> and it was actually, it's been delayed, right? I think so. It was delayed so. from last year, right? Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just yeah. given the last year... Yeah. Doesn't seem exciting enough. Yeah. I read some article too about how like supposedly they have designed beds so you can't have sex for like the athletes at the Olympics or what? Like the rooms are staying in or some shit. What a weird way <laughs> it's... What a weird hill to die on. <laughs> I mean, they're in the Olympics. Can't they just do only, whatever they want? Only virgins get gold. Yeah, that makes no sense, but okay. Where is it? Japan. Oh, okay. Tokyo. Got it. That's such a weird Maybe thing. they're just worried about, like, <laughs> pandemic, you know. Maybe. <laughs> another wave if people have too much sex. I don't okay, know. Okay, sure. That's just so weird. But okay. You learn I, something new every day. I mean, you could probably assume that, like, the athletes are going to be, like, responsible enough to, like, not do something yeah. if they don't think it's going to... Police gonna... themselves? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a responsibility to make it all the way to the Olympics and you can't just keep it in your pants, like, I'm very surprised. I'd be very surprised. Well, they not, couldn't... not so much that they're going to like keep it in their pants because they have to compete. It's just like if they're worried about exposure yeah. by hooking up with somebody, then yeah. like, I think they would 
put it to themselves to not do it. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I meant. Is like I just it seems like a weird thing to be like you can't do this. Whenever it's fine. Yeah, it's just odd. <laughs> but okay. You hear that, Tokyo? Jessica doesn't agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> She'll bring her own bed if she ever visits. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our episode, huh? Yes. Let's. But who's to say the Olympics isn't fiction? To yeah. Dig- to dissect. Yeah, you're right. We don't know the, the back-end deals of it all. Yeah. There's going to be a whole conspiracy behind it. You're right. But until more information surfaces on that subject, <laughs> what, are, what are you most excited about this upcoming week? Sports, obviously. Oh, okay. But not any sports. Okay. <laughs> European football, which is something I thought I would never say my entire life. <laughs> yeah. But we have Ted Lasso, season two coming out on Apple TV. Yes, yes we do. We just watched season one. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited for this myself, which yeah, so. I feel like I'm even less likely to have ever said that than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so July 23rd, we have a new season. On Apple TV+. I'm Plus. assuming it's around 10 episodes, because I think that's what the other one Probably, was. Probably, yeah. Maybe it was more. Yeah, and if you haven't yet watched it... Just wait till the end and we'll tell you why you should. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to like just give our review now? No, I was just going to say, <laughs> you need to, and we'll tell you why later. <laughs> also, I know this is a little bit of an older item, but we haven't seen it. The Walking Dead Season 10 is finally on Netflix. Oh, shit. So we okay. will be able to catch up on that. Nice, nice. Although I've heard there's been some hiccups with that show, having like weirder episodes that feel different because they were filmed during the pandemic mm. with like limited actors and that all that sense. stuff it was kind of like more like dive into certain characters to oh okay so there's gonna be a lot of weird so it's gonna get weird with the story i guess okay sure whatever no. when does that come out uh that's on the 26th nice okay and then i guess i should have put the next one first before that but uh freaky is that weird uh body swap <laughs> horror yeah. comedy with Vince Vaughn, with Vince Vaughn and yeah. uh, I don't know who else uh coming out on HBO Max July 24th nice I think it's from like the same creators of Happy Death Day yeah I think which kind of the same concept yeah definitely good I'm excited to check that one out um I have a good list this week as well I found out that Movies That Made Us is doing a season two um so that's coming to Netflix on the 21st that and the movies that are going to be in it that they're talking about are Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Pretty Woman, and Forrest Gump. So anybody who liked those movies, obviously, I'm assuming you'll be interested in the Jurassic Park episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's weird that they have 80s and 90s movies together. Yeah, I guess they, they're. I don't remember what was on the list for the last one. I think it was like Home Alone and other movies. <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, Die Hard Die was Hard. on there. But like, you think they would have it like. Decade based, yeah, for but each I can season. see the the reasoning for this though. If because decade based makes logical sense to everyone that thinks like timeline wise, mm. but if they want everyone to watch at least one episode, oh, they're spanning gotcha. the, the long the longer um, time frame and different mm-hmm. genres, so that makes sense, I guess. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, they, also, got, they got period piece with Jurassic Park. Yeah, is that it's a period set, piece? It's set, in a prehistoric time. Yeah. <laughs> Is it though? You got a futuristic movie. Uh-huh. Or... Where they go to the past so they can then go to piece. the future. Yeah. 
So it's like sci-fi, really, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. And then they've got your, uh, dare I say, practically porn. Okay. <laughs> you know, drawing the... Have you seen Pretty Woman? Drawing the, <laughs> the audience that wants to see some of the goods. Yeah. That makes me I, wonder... I okay, it. I don't think you've seen it. Not then. at all. <laughs> okay. I, all I know is it's about like a guy who gets like a prostitute. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's intentional or an accident, and then they fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. We should watch it. Um... I mean, we could watch the movie that made us. That's fine. Yeah, that'll get the point across. Episode, and I'll be like, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving on. Also, and then obviously, com- Forrest Gump. Yeah. It's like a biopic. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, coming out on the 21st is Marvel Studios Assembled The Making of Loki on Disney Plus, in case anybody was dying to know more information about how that series was produced. So, mm-hmm. I'm actually excited to check that out. Curious about some of the scenes that we saw. And on the 23rd of July, Masters of the Universe Revelation comes to Netflix. Very surprised that's on your list. I think we already discussed this, that it was supposed to be on your list, but um, <laughs> I, uh, you found more important things, I guess. So I see. I was like, this is important to people, so I'm going to put it on my list. <laughs> well, you could just put it on a notable mentions like we okay. typically have. Okay. We do have a couple more in theaters, which yes. aren't necessarily things I don't care to see, but why not put them in their own category? Yes. You know, like decades yeah. of movies. Yeah. <laughs> so Snake Eyes, it's the G.I. Joe spinoff movie. Mm-hmm. Comes out July 23rd. Yeah. Can oh, I be honest? What? I completely forgot about this movie until we saw the preview, the last movie we went to go see. And I was like, oh yeah, I do want to see that. <laughs> have you seen the other uh, G.I. Joe movies? Um, I believe so. Maybe one of them. Maybe I wasn't sure if there was more than one. There's two. Okay. There's one, and then it didn't do very well, and then they made another one, which was like a soft reboot Okay. Well, I've... with Dwayne Johnson in, in the movie. Okay. I think I've seen that one. Okay. It's like Rebel, or I don't remember what it's It doesn't matter, but yeah. <laughs> it's G.I. Joe something with an R. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also to go with that one, Old is coming out on July 23rd. Mm-mm. Oh, no. We're seeing this. No, I'm not interested. What? You're not going to see it? I... The mystery isn't enough for you? I don't... Do they get young again? <laughs> is that the mystery? <laughs> uh, I remember being really fucking creeped out by this trailer. So it's a very creepy trailer. I might, I might, cons- I will consider watching the trailer again, and mm. then I will confirm whether I'm going to see it or not. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, just let me know before I'm going. So yeah, I... not when I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get tickets to it when yeah. it opens. So okay, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going the day it comes out. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to this movie. Okay, all right. Call me old. <laughs> But I like to get there early. All right. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) All right. Well, until then, until the days go by and we can actually go see things. Yeah. Let's get into our news. The juicy gossip that we're here for every week. Yeah. Uh, Sure, we could just talk about it without a microphone, but why wouldn't we? Yeah. All right, so to start out, John Wick spinoff series that was in development for who knows how long, The Continental, uh, will be getting turned into a limited series instead of a series, like a, instead of a TV show. 
Okay. It's going to be three 90-minute episodes versus just shorter episodes at a longer... So, three movies? Yeah, so... (laughs) Got it. Got it. Good to know. (laughs) As I'm trying to explain this, I'm just thinking, so this is a trilogy. It's a trilogy. It's a made-for-TV trilogy. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like that's what it is. (laughs) So, it's like Fear Street. Uh, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Alright, so anybody who is not aware, this is set 40 years before John Wick, focusing on young Winston and the founding of the Continental in 1970s New York. So it's a prequel. Yeah, sounds great. Definitely interested, regardless of the fact that they're calling it a limited series when it's clearly just a trilogy. Yeah, just a a movie, right? Yeah, just just call it a trilogy and walk away. Whatever, it's good. (laughs) I guess the idea is they will be released... Presumably each week, maybe, and also but the like, fact that's the, it's still like a movie. So this might be purely. <laughs> do we know? Is this hooked up with any particular service yet that we know of? I do not think so. I think it's like cable or something, isn't it? Okay, or Showtime. I don't remember. It might be Showtime. I couldn't remember if that. I want to say case. it's one of like the cable pay networks. Right. I'm hoping. Well, when I see limited series, I tend to think HBO because I feel like mm-hmm. they commonly use that like terminology. Yeah, I don't see it as much on Netflix, for example. Yeah. I want to say it's like one of the services that we would never pay for. Got it, got it. Okay, so probably like Stars or Showtime. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> that's in my head what I'm thinking it was on. Okay, in a previous article that we've read many many months ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. It'll be interesting because obviously they're going to have to do like completely new cast because they're all younger people. You're mm-hmm. going to be missing like your key component, which is John Wick. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, do you care enough about the world building that they've done in that franchise of the Continental? You know, mm-hmm. not you specifically, but just people. People. Well, I was listening to the podcast Conan's podcast right the other day and he talked there was some guest asked him if you could go to any bar any fictional bar anywhere with any person uh, what would what what and who would you choose and he said he would go to that bar he would go to the Continental with, with John Wick no with <laughs> with uh, Spock okay yeah <laughs> but he was like but he wouldn't be dressed as Spock he'd be wearing just he would be wearing like the full black suit and I would be too we would be dressed just like John Wick and we would just walk into that bar. <laughs> it was like it's a random so if answer. So anyone starts trouble with you, you could just talk them out of it with reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your dog had to be put down. Okay. <laughs> it was limping a lot. Yeah. It could barely move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't gonna feed it. Yeah. That's expensive. Yeah. Okay. You got a hundred more. Yeah. You got a hundred more dogs. Yeah. Somebody, okay. What? Yeah. I just was like, somebody's got a hundred. Oh, okay. That's called a callback. It's called a callback. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Blade. We have more news. Mm -hmm. Finally. About the movie Blade. Okay. Uh, According to Deadline, they have a director set for the movie. Deadline is reporting that Bassam Tariq is in talks with Marvel to helm the new Blade reboot starring Mahershala Ali. Nice. 
Yeah, I looked him up. He's not. He's got. He's a, uh, connected to a few like indie things, and like I guess mm-hmm. he was really well received with the things that he did. But none of it is anywhere near like Blade or like big AAA mm-hmm. title stuff. That's a, is that a game term? I think I just used the wrong term. No, okay. I mean I. Th- it is more of a. I think it's blockbuster. More gaming, he's not like more blockbuster. But stuff. I have been known to say AAA when yeah. I talk about movies. Yeah, um, that are the bigger budget. Yeah, so depending on how quickly this comes out, it could be his like big, big uh, breakout, perf- not performance, but you know, involvement with a larger mm-hmm. property, which is pretty cool for him. Yeah, well, the odds that the story is gonna center around Blade getting his dog turned into a vampire <laughs> and him trying to go get revenge. Yeah, Blade Wick. <laughs> Wicked Blade. Okay. But it's set, in a Boston, in Boston. accent. Yeah. <laughs> there should be like a spinoff, or not a spinoff, but like a, like a, what do they call it? A parody? There should be like a parody movie about mm-hmm. John Wick called yeah. like Wicked John. Yeah. And it's just like some Boston guy. Yeah. Who just starts fights with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. Or no, it's not even about him fighting a bunch of people. It's just him telling a bunch of people how he fought a bunch of people. Yeah, and talks about and how nobody so believing wicked. him. Yeah, and he'd be like, you know, I was there. It was wicked good. <laughs> Probably like a terrible accent. It's fine. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> not the accent's terrible. Me doing it. Yeah, accent. yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we haven't really gotten like that. Was pretty much dead after. No pun intended. Yeah. Like, they announced it, right? And then mm-hmm. there was just kind of was nothing. Yeah. And then We've there's... had big updates on other franchises in the MCU, mm-hmm. and then this was just kind of like... And then there's been, like, little rumblings because of various statements that were made in, in other Disney Plus series situations, mm-hmm. but nothing concrete. Yeah, so. I think Steven Dorff said he was never going to do a Marvel movie. Yeah. Unless it was Blade. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said that. He might have. Oh, we got some some news surfaced surfaced a little bit about uh, the Last of Us series. They're saying it's going to cost around ten million per episode, or um, so that's. I just wanted to bring some other information from other series that we know on how much they cost, so we can get an idea of maybe if that has any relation to the production quality or what we're I mean, expecting to see. It sounds like it's high. For it a sounds TV show, very high for a TV but show, but I really don't know. Yeah, so to compare it to... It's more to, than I would spend. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with spending $30 on paying for the seasons of the shows, so... Yeah. Uh, so The Walking Dead, we decided was probably a good comparison, started at around $2.5 million per episode. Mm-hmm. I also want to see a spinoff on that called The Wicked Dead. Yeah. Um, and then in the in the more recent seasons it's gone up to about like a little over 3 million sometimes as much as 4 million this these numbers are all i think based on an average of total Probably. for the series divided by episodes yeah cuz that show in the beginning was really low budget yeah it was like 6 episodes for a first season and yeah um and then another hbo series westworld um averages as of the last, i think last year the information was that it cost about 9 million per episode so I guess that's okay. fairly comparable. That's pretty, yeah. Um, Game of Thrones, another popular franchise we know for, well, not franchise, but you know, series we know from the it's a franchise from the same streaming service is the the first several ep- uh, seasons. It was about six million per episode. Season six was ten million per episode, and then the last two seasons, 
over eight seasons, right? The last seven through whatever number there yeah, were. Yeah, I think it was eight. Uh, were closer to, to 15 million per episode. So, but to be fair, I would imagine there's quite a bit more CGI required in that those episodes or those seasons of Game of Thrones than there might be. Yeah, the last season was really heavy on the CGI. I would oh say. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and you have to assume that's kind of where most of the budget would go toward with I a would, show like The Last of Us, right? I would think so. Because just to like to make the world itself, they'd have to do their physical set mm-hmm. for shots, and yeah. then they would have. The backdrop would be probably all CGI. Oh, yeah, I'm To sure. give the environment its... Well, like, decayed environment, yeah. yeah. I, I would... I'm just guessing here, but I'm assuming there's not dragons in that game? No, yeah, not yet. it's still... It's supposed to be more... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I mean... Well, that's my point, is I feel like I don't think it should cost as much as Game of Thrones, because, mm-hmm. yes, there is environmental and other augmentations to reality that they will need to do with CGI, but they won't be like creating entire giant flying creatures. There may be beings that they need to create, but I think they're fairly humanoid if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they're like plant people. Yeah. So they're they're fun guys. Okay. So <laughs> so I think ten million seems a little high, but then again everything costs a lot more these days. So maybe whatever. I guess hopefully that just means it'll be really fucking good. Although, when they put, like, a budget to an episode, does that include, like, what they would be paying actors to be in the episode? I think so. So that would include, like, all the stars, combined Mm -hmm. salaries for that episode. Yeah, so that would explain why you would have later, as later episodes, the the longer a series runs, the more expensive it gets. Because, especially, like, Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. they were like, well, we have to keep, (laughs) we have to keep uh, Daenerys, so we have to... Offer her more mm. money so she'll keep being that part. There's a reason she had less boob shots. Yes. As the series went on. Yep, she got a better contract. <laughs> and a body double. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Also, kind of explains why Netflix typically cancels shows after three seasons, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I think Stranger Things is like the exception. Mm-hmm. Only because it's such a big property for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. All right. We have a... A topic that I don't know if it's really a big deal, but I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of annoys me, to be honest. So that, that's my take already. Uh, theater owners are apparently upset with Disney over Black Widow's box office slide from week one to week two. Uh, the National Association of Theater Owners has criticized Disney for simultaneously releasing Marvel's Black Widow in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. Okay. The exact quote was, despite assertions that this pandemic-era improvised release strategy was a success for Disney and the simultaneous release model, it demonstrates that an exclusive theatrical release means more revenue for all stakeholders in every cycle of the movie's life. Okay. I feel like what they're trying to say is it would have done better in theaters and then on Disney+. Plus. Versus both at the same time. Yeah, that's exactly, it sounds like what they're saying. Basically, if you hadn't put it on Disney Plus and it was only in theaters, then you would have made more money too. Not just us. I mean, obviously that they have a It's really about their fucking pockets that they're concerned about. They aren't making more money because less people are going to theaters to see a movie. Exactly. And arguably there's not a whole lot out there right now for people to be going and seeing, right? There's not a huge selection out there right now, um... It's honestly been kind of like we we reactivated our membership to our unlimited thing. And then we look and it's like, oh. 
I mean, we haven't been seeing as much as we would have been seeing right. pre-pandemic, but that, let me just say we have so many streaming services that I'm not like worried about. I'm not stressing going to the theaters every right. freaking week. Well, at this let me point. just rephrase it this way: There's not very many things out that make me willing to stay up late to see it. All right, here's the <laughs> list of our theater for Edwards, which is Regal. Mm-hmm. I think for most people, yes. Uh, Sing is getting a like a encore, I guess you would call it. The first one, probably because they have a second one coming out, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is getting another one. Space Jam: A New Legacy. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. We have a review for it. Escape Room. Okay. The the sequel movie. Black Widow. Boss Baby. The Forever Purge. Fast Nine. The Hitman's Wife and A Quiet Place Part Two. So they've got a selection, but like I wouldn't say that they have a huge arsenal of movies people are dying to go right, see. Right, right. I would say A Quiet Place 2, Fast 9, Black Widow are arguably, to me, the only movies that people would be like, I have to go see that in theater. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And Black Widow, I would say, only because the experience on the screen. Right. Versus at, at home. Yeah, we chose to go see it in theaters even though we didn't have to. But I, and I feel like, no, we're not the only people that would do that. The the stats seem to be Black Widow had an amazing opening weekend, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is what they're saying. Yeah. Started out 80 million, I think it was, domestically. Yeah. Okay? So the second week, I guess it's come out, not even really, a, like it's like what, like 10 days later, we'll say? Yeah. 16 to 18th? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Nine, 10 days? Uh, so it came out at around 26 million, taking second place in the list of, of top movies. Right. So, of course, Space Jam, A New Legacy came out mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah. The same weekend that is week two for Black Widow. Right. And that took the top charts, I think, with 31.7 million. Right. So... Better, but not like extremely better. Yeah, and it says a lot that that's Space Jam's first weekend versus Black Widow's second weekend. Mm-hmm. Granted, that movie is on HBO Max. Yeah. But at the same time, that's the same argument you could make Black then. Widow's on Disney+. Plus. Black yeah. Widow did even better the first week yeah. when it was available. Yeah. Granted, you are paying for it on Disney+. You Plus can pay extra on Disney+. Versus you're not on HBO Max. Fair enough. Okay, there's a little bit of complication there. But overall, I mean, that movie, Black Widow made, what, $250 million overall over everything. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it did bad in any means. Yeah. So you got me on, like, I kind of got, like, obsessed with this last night after we were talking about it. And I did a little bit of a data analysis that I wanted to just illustrate to people. If this is really, truly a problem, then you would say a movie like Fast 9 shouldn't have had the same dip, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing about that. Uh, you mentioned week one, Black Widow was $80 million. Week two, $26 million. That's a difference of 67%. That seems enormous. But Fast 9, domestic first weekend, $70 million. Second weekend, $23 million. That is a difference of exactly 67%. Even though that movie was not available... On Disney Plus or any mm. other way, it was just in theaters, right? I think that's correct. Yeah, it was just yeah. theaters. Yeah. It did have an international release like a month before. Okay. But according to, I mean, but 
if this organization is the one complaining, then yeah. it's, that means it's domestic, right? Yeah. It's in the U.S. It doesn't matter right. internationally to them because it's what helps them get their pockets full of money. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, I guess that's a good point. So where is the complaint that Fast 9 wasn't doing enough? Yeah. And even even though this is an American organization, potentially, I before I realized what I was doing, I ended up comparing some of the international stats, too. I took the statistics from Box Office Mojo for both of these movies and put them side by side. And I counted the top nine countries, including domestic, obviously, mm-hmm. um, that both movies were released in with the most amount of revenue from those first two weekends. And they still ended up with the same amount of drop, basically, because Black Widow had a 66% difference from week one to week two internationally, or including international. Mm. And Fast 9 had a 64% difference, so it was only slightly better. So there, there is just generically going to be a drop-off after first the first week. Yeah. So. I mean, the thing is, there's so many freaking variables, right? Yeah. Like, we're still technically in a pandemic. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, people might be willing to go to a movie, but it doesn't mean they're willing to go to the movie multiple times. Right. You know, you're not going to get people going to see a Marvel movie three, four times in theaters now like you would probably have seen a few years ago. Yeah, especially when you have people that are going to theaters now that seem to have forgotten all theater etiquette. (laughs) I'm not going to go see a movie Mm -hmm. twice when I already couldn't hear half of the time the first time because some stupid kid wouldn't shut up and their their parent wouldn't tell them to shut up either. Yeah. So... There's that problem as well. Mm-hmm. We have not just normal inconsiderateness. It's people who haven't been outside in a year. Inconsiderateness too. <laughs> yeah. So between that, you know, people just don't have the money to, yeah. to be going and seeing multiple movies. So yeah. they're picking. And then there's just the fucking straight up fact that like, you know what? Sorry. I know it sucks, but mm-hmm. it's not Disney's responsibility to make sure you guys are successful. Exactly. It's your responsibility. Maybe have something better than like five things on the menu if you want people to go to the theater. Well, granted, you talk about food or you talk about movies. <laughs> okay, well, I'm assuming you were talking about movies. Like, I well, meant talking about food. I meant movies, but it also applies to food. Okay. Let's be honest. <laughs> granted, you know, there's not a lot of stuff coming out right now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're getting more. Obviously, we're getting some decent stuff. I think F Nine was or A Quiet Place Two was probably the start of bringing people back to the theater. Right? Yes. F9 did really well as well. Mm-hmm. And then now we got Black Widow. Like, so we're yeah. seeing bigger movies coming back. Yeah. But, like, the fact is, it's just not the same. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, theaters were, were struggling before a pandemic. Yeah. And I guess my other point I would like to make is, like, where was all of this energy when Paramount Plus released Infinite yeah. on their service? Mm-hmm. When HBO Max released a shit ton of their movies... Yeah, well, on their service, there were a lot of complaints about that. I don't. There were studio complaints, right? AMC vocal, okay, as the, usual. The exception to AMC was <laughs> yeah. vocal about that. Yeah, but where were the other theaters complaining about that? That's true. Where was this fucking organization? Yeah, I'm just saying. This sounds like it's more of a they just hold Disney or maybe even just Marvel movies specifically as like on a pedestal of like. You're expected to, to no. keep us afloat. Right, yeah. That's a good point. They, if this were pre-pandemic, it could have probably made quite a lot more money. But, you know, as uh, as everybody likes to say, it is mm-hmm. what it is. 
And then I guess my last point I guess I'll try to make is, you know what? Disney is also a business. Yep. And the U.S. is not their only market. Mm-hmm. Just because it was on Disney Plus doesn't mean that that was fully directed to just U.S. consumers. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of other countries that used these service. Very true. So they're trying to make the most money they can. It's mm-hmm. not the most money they can in the country the movie was produced out of. Yeah, but like the most money, period. <laughs> and I think it kind of says a lot that Black Widow wasn't even, it's not even in China. Yeah. There's a whole nother dis- or, you know, situation with that where for whatever political mm-hmm. issues, the country is not allowing yeah. the movie to be played. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's, it, I just thought it was interesting that they are holding Disney accountable for their fucking success mm-hmm. or failure. It's like, that's kind of on you. Yeah. You know? You got to find other ways. If yeah. you <laughs> Adapt. Well, and that's like another thing. That, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Like... Yeah, the theater is a great... It's a great thing that's like a part of, you know, the culture we Mm -hmm. have. But things change. Yeah. Are people crying that you can buy video games digitally now? Mm -hmm. No one's saying, well, it would have been more successful if you had to buy it in a store. Yeah. (laughs) Some people probably did say that when they first started doing it, though. (laughs) There's always got to be somebody who's like, this isn't going to work. If you're the one who's making a product, wouldn't you want to cut out as many middlemen as you could to get the most profit to yourself mm-hmm. instead of having to pay other people? Yes. And I get I get. there's a whole thing where Disney like takes a bigger chunk of profits than theaters take. I get that that's like a whole thing and mm-hmm. arguably Disney is kind of a, a bully when it comes to like how much they take compared to other studios and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the reality is if you're a business owner, you're not expected to help everybody else out yeah you're supposed to get the product out the way you can to make the most money for yourself yeah that's all i don't know yeah i see both sides but i do feel like this is more of a bias that they just want more money mm-hmm. that's usually what most of this shit is <laughs> but i just i'm i guess the point is then hold all the other fucking studios accountable that have done the same shit yeah that's true we're getting suicide squad on hbo max mm-hmm. in a, like a week or two yeah I better hear some fucking upset quotes about that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there will be. All right. Anyways, moving on. Let's talk a little bit of Emmys, huh? Oh, yeah. Those the nominations, at least. <laughs> Not so much that, like, we're going to get really deep in the, the mud of it all. Yeah. But they had their nominations. That was interesting. Uh, we saw The Mandalorian and The Crown tie for the most nominations each. Okay. With 24 Wow. Kind of interesting, like two completely different type yeah, of things. Yeah, opposite so many. ends of the spectrum. Just imagine they did a crossover event, huh? <laughs> yeah. The queen has to babysit the child. <laughs> Grogu, is it now? Grogu, yeah. Grogu, I like the child more. Yeah. Or no, baby Yoda I like more. Yeah. Um, you understand it's not Yoda, right? <laughs> so that was really interesting to me. Also, it just shows how freaking long... This last year's been. Because mm-hmm. I feel like The Mandalorian was like years ago. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it was last year. But... Yeah. But it feels like forever. Yeah. Uh, WandaVision came in second, apparently, with 23. Nice. It's really exciting. And shout out to Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen because they both got 
nominations for uh, best lead in a limited series. Okay. Wait, is that considered? That's considered a limited series too. Yeah, because it's not something that they're coming back with, as far as we know. Oh, okay. I mean, they could potentially, but they didn't announce one. Fair enough. After Falcon went to Soldier, they were like, boom, there's going to be a movie now. Oh, right. And then they even had, like, the title change. So whether that was just for, like, yeah. the artsiness of it all, or if they implies they will come back with a different title, right. technically it's not the same show. Right. Loki is getting a second one. Yeah. Which I think is part of our news. So, boom. Just took care of that news right there. Loki is getting a season two, and I'm sure we'll be seeing plenty of nominations for that when that hits next year. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. The Emmys. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was strategic that they uh, separated their shows Probably. in between the deadline? Probably. Uh, Amazon's Handmaid's Tale got 21, tied with, with SNL, which is surprising that they're even something that would get nominations, but that's my own opinion. Yeah, there's, I guess, a lot of categories that... Um, make more sense if you realize that some of the categories are, categories are not what you would expect when you think of the Emmys. Then it makes more sense. They have like uh, best uh, hair hair styling and okay, best so something best not necessarily the comedians and stuff, but like the staff that right. Works I mean the comedians the too because they do have like best whatever in a sketch comedy series. But like of course that's going to be an option mm-hmm. for a sketch comedy series. So they're they're nominated for. Uh, I feel like that's. Okay. Anyway, there's more categories than just like best actor, best actress, that kind of thing. So that's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, Ted Lasso. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more later, but it got 20, and I think. Uh, oh yeah. That was an obvious one. Absolutely. HBO Max, surprisingly, totaled 130 nominations alone. Mm-hmm. But I on this list, like, what what did we have that was HBO? Mm, nothing. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I guess they, they, they guess they had a lot of shows with smaller counts of nominations. Okay, versus these shows getting bigger counts. Oh yeah, they have like Lovecraft Country and Mare of East Town and some other things like that. Okay, Netflix came in with 129. Okay, with as much fucking properties that they have constantly. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus had 71 altogether. I mean, Mando and WandaVision were a good chunk of them. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Prime came in with 20. Another thing that reminded me how long it's felt this last year. Yeah. When do you think The Boys came out? Season (sighs) 2. Season 2? Was it 2020? Yeah, it was in 2020. Okay. But, like, it doesn't it feel like it was a lot longer than that? Yeah. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It was, like, September, I think. Oh, wow. So. Definitely feels like it was early 2020 to me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, plenty of nominations. Whether or not they matter, who knows. But one interesting one that I thought I would like to bring up here is Don Cheadle was nominated for Best Guest Actor in a Drama Series uh, for his role in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. He got a lot of criticism online about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently... The total count is like less than three minutes. It's like two minutes and something seconds that he's on screen the entire series. That's what I was going to say. Like, really? I don't remember him being in it that much. So, he was criticized for... Not necessarily he was criticized, but the the Emmys for nominating him was criticized. Okay. Uh, A lot of people came back to asking why Carl Lumley wasn't picked over Don Cheadle. Because he played... Isaiah Bradley, which oh, is a you know much bigger part, a 
bigger part. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of exactly the point. Yeah. Is this is guest actor. Yeah. In a drama series. Yeah. So if you look at the other people, it looks like they are probably people who are a minimal amount of time on screen. Mm-hmm. Like more like a cameo, if you will. Right. Because they have another category for supporting actor, mm-hmm. supporting actress in a series, right? Yeah. So logically, he would be in that category. And I don't think he is. But if you look at that list for supporting actor, it's a pretty hefty list. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe there was just a lot of competition. I wish I could. I was trying to look it up, but I'm not finding an answer. I, I wonder what the cutoff time is between guest and supporting, you know? It'd be interesting if they would just, if there was like a number that was a cutoff. I'm sure there's a, like, a, they could probably argue that he could have been in the guest role if they thought it was a better chance to win that versus the other one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't exactly know how it works. I know that the the company basically campaigns for you to be in it, right? Right, yeah. As their, basically your, their spokesperson for getting into that category of the nomination. Yeah. I assume it's like, Disney's like, well, we are confident these ones will do well in these categories. Right. So they, they push for those. Right. But... John Cheadle, in the end, posted on Twitter saying, Thanks, well-wishers, sorry haters, agreed, I don't really get it either, but on we go. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would be, like, directing any hate towards him, which is, it's weird if somebody did that. Mm. I'm sure they did, because the internet's insane, but, yeah. Well, maybe they just watched Space Jam Legacy. Yeah, new Legacy, that's a good point. You're like, and they're like, this, this piece of shit got yeah, fuck that nominated? Guy. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> all right a right, couple more items uh there's going to be a new star trek movie yet again they've i assuming this one's gonna get canceled either yeah <laughs> uh it's gonna be helmed by wandavision director matt shackman not william shatner okay that's good but i'd like to see that one yeah uh and production is set for next spring okay we'll see nice i mean he did Pretty great stuff with uh, WandaVision, right? So, yeah. And then last in our movie and TV news, Robert Downing Jr., the old RDJ, yeah. uh, is going to star in a spy series. Uh, it's going to be a, a TV adaptation of this property called The Sympathizer, and it's going to be produced between HBO and A24. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sympathizer is a spy thriller novel with a dash of satire about a half-French, half Vietnamese communist spy in the final days of the Vietnam War. Exiled to the United States, the spy story represents a blistering exploration of identity and America. Okay. That sounds like an interesting concept. Yep. All right. Let's get into the stuff we watched this week. Here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're, we're DTF. DTF. First up, like we said earlier, we checked out Ted Lasso, season one. Um, this came out to Apple TV+. Plus. It premiered August of last year. It's an American comedy TV series centered around an American college-level football coach who gets recruited to coach an English Premier League soccer team, despite having no experience or knowledge in the area. <laughs> Which is a pretty funny concept. Um, not something I ever thought that I would... I'd seen ads for this show 
for a while, and I was like, eh, it's about soccer. I don't really give a shit. But you decided to start watching it, and I was there, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, this is actually pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, I've heard really good things about it, mm-hmm. and we just never had Apple TV Plus, so I yeah. never watched it. But you came home one day, and we're like, we have a multiple month yeah. <laughs> trial for whatever reason. I was like, okay, guess I'll be watching a bunch of stuff on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So I would, the best I can describe this show is it's it's a show that I didn't know I wanted mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, I totally get it. Um, Jason Zadakis is the star and he's also one of the uh, co-creators. He plays Ted Lasso. And it's actually funny, the character that he plays is based on, he already, he had done some appearances in promos for NBC Sports' coverage of Premier League football. And I guess it was a character that he made up for that. And then they decided to make a whole show out of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Brendan Hunt is uh, also in the show. He plays Coach Beard, his assistant coach guy. And he's also, they, they co-created this with a couple of other people that are not in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of like a group project situation. And then Hannah Waddingham is in this. She plays the Rebecca Welton, who's the new owner of AFC Richmond, which is the football club's name. Uh, we know Rebecca Walton from Game of Thrones, among other things. But you... Was she the dragon? <laughs> no, close. She was Septa Unella, who was the lady who was like the, the nun who was yelling shame and like ringing the like bell or, or the, was the whip. I don't know what she was doing. It was a bell. She, she kept saying shame. Yeah. Shame. Shame that with the bell. Yeah. If that was her, which is nuts. Bell because shame. she's like looks incredible in this and it's like wait that's the same yeah, i remember her being really old and hideous yeah in that <laughs> she was show not. and then i went and i looked at pictures like oh she was like i not guess she wasn't she hideous just, looking at all just had that attitude about her that that's like, what i thought of her shame attitude yeah yeah exactly and then she's great in this so I'm, I'm glad that i'm glad we got to see her in a more like full acting part like mm-hmm. i'm enjoying it and then Nick Muhammad, who we've seen in a few things, uh, but he plays Nathan, who's like the kit man, whenever the show starts. And he's on that show Intelligence that we watched on Peacock. Yeah. And then I feel like he's in everything on the planet since then. Yeah, so, I feel like he's been in some other stuff. He was mm-hmm. in like a, another comedy on Peacock as well, yeah, like yeah. a hitman show. Yes. Um, and then Juno Temple that we recently saw when we were watching Dirty John, she plays Keely Jones, who's a model who works for the football club. And her... You start off kind of hating her, I think, and then she becomes something. Not hating. I don't say I would have hated I don't her think, from no, that's, I don't. I didn't start off hating her. I just started off being like, yeah, okay, who the fuck cares? Like, you're just a random... Because she's like dating like the star player, and it's gotcha. like, okay, you're unnecessary to the story. But then she mm-hmm. becomes very integral to it, and I like it. So mm, gotcha. she becomes more likable over time. Mm-hmm. So we watched the whole season, um, and then... Just for everyone who doesn't know, we already talked about this, but in case for some reason you skip to the end, remember season two is coming up, coming out on the 23rd of this month. So um, if you like our review and you believe it and you've already caught up, then definitely go check out season two. If not, you should start season one immediately. Yeah. This show was so great. I, mm-hmm. I'm i definitely not the kind of person who's always optimistic. I will say that right yeah. now. I mean, you probably have what? gotten hints from my podcast <laughs> that I tend to have mm-hmm. some opinions yeah. that aren't always fun and yeah. nice. This show makes me want to like be happy and fucking cheerful all the time. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah, but it makes you want to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. Like his attitude is just this happy. They call him a folksy American, which I've never heard that before. I don't know if it's like a thing, but he's 
he's just so like happy and wants to be kind no matter what mm-hmm. and kind of in the beginning you think he's naive and i think over time you realize it's not naivety he just he refuses to be bogged down in the like pessimism of the world like he's like nope we're gonna be happy and we're gonna just believe and even though we maybe in the in the inside aren't happy we're believing and portraying outwardly that we believe in everything he's like (laughs) he's like mr rogers of like the sports world yeah or like bob ross even where they're like we're gonna paint have the happy little trees or whatever like everything we're gonna paint a goal right here (laughs) then we're gonna paint us making that goal I think the great thing, too, about this show is, like, even though it's really focused on him, everybody has their own story arc. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a really important character or a really insignificant character, everybody has some progression that they show you. Yeah, even the the players on the team that don't get that much screen time, they still somehow, there's a story for almost every single one of them. Like, oh, this person progressed from point Mm -hmm. A to point B from the beginning to the end of the season. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think the fish out of water aspect has been gold. The way he reacts to the culture of not knowing anything around him. His views on tea. What does he call it? Garbage water or dirt water? I don't know. I think it's dirt water. I think it changes every time he says it. Yes. But he always has some kind of... (laughs) That's like the one thing he doesn't like about... Yeah. But he says it so cheerfully. Yeah. He's like, oh no, I'm not going to drink that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. So... Uh, I also feel similar to this. Like, I honestly think this is better because it's got more substance to it. There's more heart. Mm-hmm. But I feel in a similar way about this show as I did about The League. Because I thought that show was hilarious. And I had absolutely no zero shits to give mm-hmm. about fantasy football or football in general. But, like, it made me want to care so that I could understand more references. And so I feel the same way about this. Uh, there have been there were certain points where I was like, oh, I wish I kind of I feel like there might be more to understand about this game or whatever's going on. Mm, I don't really feel like it had a whole lot that was focused on the sport itself. No, but the parts that where they're talking about like we're gonna do this sort of play or whatever, and I feel like it might be funnier mm-hmm. if you're used to what the the standard is. Okay, yeah, you're right. I guess if we were to be football fans or soccer in america yeah just to be clear this isn't american football this is yeah. european football yeah yeah it's yeah. uh yeah i guess you're right we we probably missed cues on things that were tied to the sport itself that mm-hmm. may have been funnier or mm-hmm. more ridiculous because yeah we didn't know yeah the name of a play or yeah or what should or shouldn't have happened right in a play you know i learned that apparently there's a word uh, that Europeans maybe call, I think it's Europeans or English, call it gridiron. They call American football gridiron. Or maybe they used to. I've heard that term used in sports in general. I was reading about it because I guess this show draws reference, people say there's references to a situation where there was an American gridiron coach, and that's how I learned this. I was like, what the fuck is gridiron? Hmm. Um, Who ended up being the coach of a football team in England somewhere, or was it Wales? Anyway, one of the Premier League teams, and it was a similar situation. 
probably not with the same like humor and whatever involved. But yeah, people just, are saying he wasn't a funny coach. Probably not. He ended up installing himself as manager. But it, there was there was a story about how it could be drawing some references from that. And then I learned that it was called football. American football can be called gridiron. And I had no idea. Yeah, learn something new every day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this show's a great time. Yes. I think it's worth it. Even if you subscribe for one month just to watch yeah. it, I think it's completely worth yeah, it. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Constantly laughing. Even when I was like, this is one of those shows where even if I was really tired and I really wanted to go to bed, I did want to keep watching. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I can't watch anymore. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. I'm going to say dissect it for me. Definitely dissect it. Yeah. And I will absolutely keep watching on the 23rd. <laughs> Yeah, and then we'll finish probably on the 24th. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, I also watched something else on Apple TV Plus, uh, an animated movie called Wolf Walkers, where a young apprentice hunter and her father journey to Ireland to help wipe out the last wolf pack. But everything changes when she befriends a free-spirited girl from a mysterious tribe rumored to transform into wolves by night. Interesting. So, the animation on this was very interesting. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like... It's hard for me to describe the art. But to me, it feels, I guess, kind of like a old-timey style of like Disney animated movies. Mm-hmm. It's got pastel, hand-drawn tone to it. Yeah, I kind of... I looked up some pictures and it reminds me of like some... Like the old fairy tale books. Like... Not necessarily somewhere between Grimm's fairy tales and then like the old, you know, the books that used to have like the gold of spine. They were like very thin. They're children's books, but they're like old school, and they're the old Disney cartoon. They're the oh, Disney okay. characters, and they would have the book. They're like very short books for kids, mm. and they have that the same kind of like mute, almost muted, not really muted, but kind of vintagey looking art. I mean, the movie was like vibrant in areas, but yeah. like. Depends on you know the the part of the movie and like what yeah. they're they're going for. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. It this is one of the movies I think that was like up there in the Oscars with Soul for like best picture mm-hmm. for the year. Yeah, I saw that it was nominated. And I will say, I think I really enjoyed Soul a lot more than this one, mm-hmm. but. The story is great. I see what they're go- what they're going for with this. It's mm-hmm. a fun, wholesome tale that has some pretty intense moments. Mm-hmm. But I think what really draws you in is the art mm-hmm. of this. Okay. More than the story itself. Yeah. Where Soul was kind of like, the art's good, but it's not something that we were... That's not new to anyone. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's that style that we're used to. Because the story was incredible. So mm-hmm. if... Overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I would say it's a slice it. The thing that really bothered me was that the one thing that did bother me was like the main character is she's one of those characters that like no matter who tells her to like do something or not do something, mm-hmm. she just doesn't listen. <laughs> she just keeps getting herself into trouble mm-hmm. because she just will not listen. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like spun like, well, like. Because she didn't listen, something good happened in the end. And like, all right, sure. But the fact is, it's hard for me to enjoy this character knowing that she's bothering me because yeah. she's just not listening she's making bad to decisions. anybody. And she's making bad decisions yeah. up until 
the end, even. Yeah. Arguably. And it probably ends up basically mostly out of luck. I'm just guessing. There's a lot of characters like mm-hmm. that in these kind of things where it's like, I hate every decision you're making. You're doing it the wrong way. And then you end up at the end where it's a nice message, but it's like, you really, you shouldn't have ended up with that ending. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do, is this something you'd recommend that I watch? Or is it more mm. of like a kid's movie? Or what is it? I'm actually not even sure if this is for kids. I mean, okay. I guess it is because it's animated. By default, yeah. it's for kids. I mean, but Invincible's not for kids. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it's for kids, if you ask me. Okay. I think you would enjoy it, but I don't know if you would want to sit through the whole thing. Because it is like, I think, two hours. It's pretty Jesus. long. I think it could have been shorter. But yeah, it's... A fun... I think the art is what took over for me to continue watching all the way through. Got it. Okay. Otherwise, the story I felt like wasn't anything special. Okay. I wouldn't say go get Apple TV Plus for this. Got it. Get it for Ted Lasso. But you already got it for Ted Lasso. But if you already have it for Ted Lasso, (laughs) feel free to watch this or throw it on if you have the kids or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Good to know. I'd check it out to see what the art is like. Yeah. And if you're into it, continue. Otherwise... Gotcha. Okay. All right. Uh, We also checked out Gunpowder Milkshake this week. This came out on Netflix July 14th in the U.S. and also in limited theaters. Uh, This is about a young assassin who must team up with her estranged assassin mother and her former assassin colleagues in order to save a young girl from other assassins. Inside of Taco Bell. Inside of Taco Bell. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) As I was writing this, I was like, this is... Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's technically correct. (laughs) Um, we have a pretty decent cast in this. We talked about it when we were saying it was coming out, but Karen Gillan is in this. She plays Sam, who's this young master assassin who's working for a company called The Firm. Um, and then, fun fact, Freya Allen plays the younger version of her. Freya Allen is Siri in the Witcher series. And honestly, I remember saying that, along like, when we announced this was coming out, and then as soon as we started watching the movie, I forgot entirely, and then I did this, did the notes, and I was like, oh, yeah, that was her. I, like, forgot. She mm. looks completely different as, like, a non-medieval fantasy person. <laughs> so weird. That yeah. genres would change somebody's just <laughs> look like that. Whatever. Um, Chloe Coleman plays Emily, who's a little young girl that Sam is trying to save or protect, and we remember her from My Spy. Lena, he- Lena Hetty is Scarlet, who is Sam's mother, and she's a previous member of this Sisterhood of Assassins. <laughs> Only she's been shamed, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not a confident yeah. assassin. Yeah. Um, Carla Gugino, Michelle Yeoh, and Angela Bassett are the other members of the Sisterhood of Assassins. Um, and Paul Giamatti is in this. He plays Nathan, the head of the HR at the firm, and also Sam's adoptive father. Really weird combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this movie, I I enjoyed it. I think it was very... Uh... It was Kill Bill to me. Like It was very Kill Bill. You could tell. Even in the way that she wore this like bowling alley jumpsuit, it yeah. just felt like a lot of homage to something like Kill Bill or okay. one of those like... Over the top, kooky, violent right. films. Yeah, like a Tarantino esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen Kill Bill. I know that's weird, but um, so I wasn't going to say that. But I agree with you, like the bowling jacket situation. Uh, I was thinking something along the lines of a female John Wick ish like action sequences mm-hmm. like or whatever. Jane Wick. Jane Wick, directed by Tarantino. 
um, there are lots of good action sequences, gun battles, and you know what, like all kinds of stuff. I felt like the plot was a little weird, but I mean, I understood it. It just was a little simple. I think they were trying to make it like, I guess, like a twist reveal with mm-hmm. some stuff, but like it was just kind of apparent and obvious. Yeah. From the start. Yeah. I think the trailer what is what makes it confusing. Yeah. But then when you start the movie, I think like within a half an hour, you're like, okay. You figure out immediately. The trailer what's going was a on. very different narrative than what Absolutely. this really is. Yes. I think they all did a good job with their action sequences. I think the there was a little bit of a like female assassin group badass like uh I don't know, how do you <laughs> I've been listening to this girl pop- power? Yeah, like a whole girl power moment thing, which was kinda of weird mm-hmm. to me. Like assemble? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Females assemble. <laughs> yeah. So one of the podcasts... Girls get it. I, women get it done. Yeah, it girls is. get Girl, it done. Girls get it done. Yeah, it was a girls get it done moment. And I was like, eh, I don't know. But they were still pretty cool. I, there was a lot of decisions that people made that I was like, mm-hmm. you could have done that a lot better and more efficiently if you were truly, quote unquote, master assassins. Yeah. Um, when you say like John Wick, it, it feels like that to you. It... I could see that in, like, the world building. It feels like they have areas, like, locations that they're trying to make you feel like has this history to yes. it that, like, yeah. everybody is aware yeah. of. Like, they're, like, a social network of yes. underground crime yeah. or, I guess it's all crime. It's all, it's crime. Under, Whether it's under good and or over. bad, it's, yes. it's crime. All but, the crimes. They've designated places that you go, that, that all these criminals can go, mm-hmm. and they're not allowed to bring their guns, or they're not allowed yeah. to kill people, even though nobody listens to those rules ever. Like, like they have this library yes. that they go to, basically, for, I guess, for weapons, if they need them. Yeah. It's like, it didn't feel like it was a safe house, but it felt like it was, like, a store for people who needed stuff. Yeah. But it was very confusing because it's like a library. So is this like a library that only people who are associated with all this shit can go to? Or is it like, can a child come in and and rent a Dr. Seuss book? (laughs) Like, because the way it's set up is they have like guns hidden inside books. And it's like, what if a child just shows up and is like, I'm going to rent this book. And then there's a gun in there. I think it's a private access library. But I did have similar questions. I'm like, first of all, this is the worst way to organize stuff in the world. It was not the, it was not important to the story. No. At all. But like it was, things like that bothered me. That like, I didn't have that kind of information to expand Mm -hmm. on like, why we're in this setting. What is this setting? Yeah. Why make it unnecessarily complicated? Just keep your guns organized by the type of gun or the type of weapon it is and put them all in the same area. You don't need to spread them out throughout a fake library. Yeah. It's weird. You're going to need a uh, whatever, whatever fucking author. Author. Exactly. <laughs> Insert an author here that nobody knows who it is. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, yeah. It was funny, but it was also kind of like, this is not realistic in the slightest. I think it was on par with a lot of the stuff we've kind of had released. It, you know, reminded me of the old guard. It reminded me of yeah. Infinite, which yes. we brought up earlier. Like it, it's a very streaming service movie. Yes, I agree. Um, with all that said, like I enjoyed it. I think yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Bad Times at the El Royale, with like the feel of like the tone, yeah, the coloring and all that stuff I can of see the that. world. So I would say for me, it's it's a slice it. I, I enjoyed my time. I would like to see if they made another movie, which I, I feel like they're probably going to go. It seems like they might. With a sequel. Yeah. It's also a slice it for me. 
I would have appreciated a little bit more background and, as you say, world building. There are certain things that were just, like, understood. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be like, okay, they're the bad guys. But, like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, like... <laughs> like... At least with John Wick, like, you know, the Continental was, like... You didn't really know what the place was. All you knew was, like, that's where they all meet. But, yes. like, they at least told you the rules of the place. Yes. So, like, we didn't know if there if Are there rules that you're not supposed to fight here? Yes. And then people are just doing it anyway. Yeah. Or... They just felt like everything was, like, mysterious. Mm-hmm. So, for anybody who's interested, there is a sequel in development already. Okay, there According you go. According to, uh, they had a, a studio canal, one of the production companies did a special presentation for their anniversary celebration at the Cannes Film Festival, and they announced that they're they're working on a sequel already, so. So, is this an original script thing, or is this something that was based off of a book or any other property that's already existed? Um, like, it's just original characters and I all that I think they're original characters. It doesn't say anything about being based on books or anything. The director actually co-wrote the script with the other writer. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into our last review for uh, movies and TV, huh? Yes. Uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. We watched this on HBO Max. We did not go to theaters, so nope. we are not responsible for Black Widow getting second place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is available in theaters. It came out July 16th. Mm-hmm. It's a live action animated sports comedy directed by Malcolm D. Lee. Uh, and it's a standalone sequel to Space Jam from 1996. Mm-hmm. We have the obvious LeBron James playing himself. Uh, Cedric Joe plays Dom James, who's the younger son and the primary focus of the trailer and the whole movie. And uh, Don Cheadle also plays the antagonist Algie Rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that gets you. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. He's an evil computer AI who causes this whole situation to happen. Mm-hmm. He's the explanation as to why Space Jam happens. Yeah. Even, even though it's not technically space. Yeah, well, I mean, (laughs) one of many reasons this movie was uh, surprising to me. Yes. So, I think they did a lot of focus on LeBron James in the beginning that I thought was, like, not really necessary. Because if you're watching this movie, you either like Looney Tunes or you like LeBron James. Or basketball. Or basketball, even. Yeah. Yeah. One of three, though. So I don't, like, you don't need to be told. Like, I yeah. don't watch basketball. Yeah. But I know who LeBron James yeah, is. Yeah, I know. I know all the stuff about his, like, changing teams and yeah. like, what he's done <laughs> and all this stuff. Like, I get it. Yeah. Even I was like, okay, so we got to the point. Mm-hmm. He's a basketball player. Yeah, he's, he's got really lots good. of awards and shit. Yeah, cool. Um, I also feel like it didn't portray him in a very good light. Yeah, because his whole theme was like basically like you better be good at basketball yeah. and stop trying to make a video game, yeah. which is what his son wants to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the theme was like him, I guess, coming into realization that like everybody has not their everybody own... has to be a basketball professional. Yeah, like yeah. everyone has their own path and all that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So which I guess was... the the end message is what you want, but yeah. it just yeah. My biggest problem with it though was. Not even that. Like, once it got too, like, rolling, the bigger problem with this movie was it was not even really about Space Jam. It was basically just WB was like, how can we product place every other fucking franchise that we own? Yep. 
It was so, so... This was on par, or maybe even better or worse, depending on how you're looking at it, than that, um, like, Parks and Rec reunion episode. No, 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 uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, 30 Rock reunion episode that we watched on Peacock. Oh, yeah, and that was just product placement <laughs> for all the shows coming to Peacock. Peacock advertisement. Yeah, yeah, that was really bad. Like, well, remember this show, and what about that show? No one needs to yeah. know. This, this is exactly the same. Like you said, like it's flying through and it's like, oh, look at that. There's Harry Potter. Oh, look at that. There's yeah. this other I mean, character. There's even a moment in this movie where LeBron James thinks that they're going to go and get like Superman and go get Harry Potter and like yeah. all these characters yeah. from other franchises to be mm-hmm. on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And then Bugs Bunny is secretly getting like the Looney Tunes. Just his friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like... I would rather see that movie. Yeah. Give me a movie where that's like the these different characters. Yeah. Like, if that's what you want to cross-promote all your products, then give us a movie with all those characters instead of this. Because you kind of pointed it out already. And this was the biggest annoyance with me with this being a sequel mm-hmm. is it's called Space Jam. Mm-hmm. The movie is based in a fucking computer server. Yeah. They call it the serververse. They're not even in space. Yeah. And then, ironically, they have the characters from the first Space Jam, the the, the, the Munsters, or whatever the fuck they're called. The Monsters. The, the Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Monsters make a cameo for, like, mm-hmm. literally half a second. Mm-hmm. They're, like, in the audience, like, yeah. cheering on the game. Yeah. Which implies that this is the same canon universe. Yeah. But that took place in an actual world. Yeah, in space. In well, I know, but like it, they were actual beings yes. in like the the universe. Right. This is just digital. Yes. So by that logic, it's not even the same thing. Yeah. Agreed. So it just bothers me that that's even they're trying to like make it seem like it's like a sequel, but it's like it technically you're trying to say that these aren't even real characters. They're just right. Real inside of a computer. Mhm. Which contradicts oh. the first movie. Unless they're just digitized versions of the real thing, but yeah, it's too complicated. I mean, I get it. This is a fucking cartoon movie about yeah. basketball. It's fine. <laughs> I, I shouldn't care that much. But, yeah. like, I care when you can't even get your fucking source material right. Yeah. Otherwise, LeBron James acting was, like, pretty much what I expected. It was mm-hmm. nothing amazing, but it didn't hurt the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think basketball was, like, the least of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. They... Had some different characters I noticed in the on the team for the Looney Tunes than mm-hmm. they did in the first one. Okay, but overall, I think they fell really short with like doing the fun, creative, like sports moves and all like, you know, whatever like plays that they would do to yeah, like, like the trick plays. And yeah, stuff. Like the trick plays they did in like the first movie. I think were just kind of they were there in this one, but they were really limited. Yeah. And as much There's as only LeBron, like two or three of them that they and did. As much as LeBron James kept saying, oh, this is a different thing. It's not just a remake. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of just a remake. Yeah. Like, everything like, up until good. like him like dunking the ball is like yeah. very on par with how they did it in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I thought it was terrible. And going back into like the whole like product placement that they were pushing on everybody. Yeah. Like... I think it's kind of sad that how bad the fucking character costumes. Like, they had, like, all of these. They had Pennywise from It. They mm-hmm. had, like, Game of Thrones characters. They had Batman and Robin. They had Jokers. They had multiple Jokers mm-hmm. from all the different versions. Yeah. And they were all, like, they all looked like cheap Spirit Halloween store 
costumes. Yeah, whenever they're that like... were thrown on like extras. Yeah, and they just looked so fucking bad. Yeah, and all you see is them just in the background, just like milling around, doing as their same little members. fucking like repeat fucking pretend talking or cheering and stuff. And like you know yeah. that they just got them all in an audience and yeah. a green screen, and they just fucking recorded X amount of. And just paste copy all around. Like, yeah. it was so bad looking. Yeah. I agree. Um yeah. <laughs> Don Cheadle did, like, really good for, like... He did. He was very, like, menacing. Yes. Like, he, he played the part where he was, like, supposed to be fun and friendly. Yeah. And then, like... And they flipped that switch. Flipped instantly evil and mm-hmm. threatening. Yeah. And I think he played it really well. Yeah. I didn't expect to ever see him, like, see, play, like, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but for some reason I don't picture him as a bad guy just because he's he's roadie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, I don't feel bad for what happened to his back now. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like he, he had kind of deserved it. Yeah. Um. So it was interesting to see him be such a bad guy and so believable at it. Yeah, and then I loved his like whole interaction with like the little minion character Pete. I think it was. Yes. Peter Pete. Yeah. <laughs> and, like he just like. <laughs> yeah. He was, was like just... such a dick to him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this movie really fucking failed for me. Yeah. Just by... I, I wouldn't even say I was looking forward to it. It's no, just, I yeah. was curious how it was going to be better or worse than the old one. And I think the old one is way better than this one. Yeah. I don't even remember. I'm not, I was never passionate about the old one either, but I was less passionate to even care to see this one because I'm mm-hmm. an adult and don't care that much about the Looney Tunes anymore. Um, but I definitely, I mean, I finished watching the whole thing, I guess, but like I wasn't. I was not super impressed when I wasn't, and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is fine. Like, cool. But, uh, so I'm thinking for my rating, I'm going to say it was a test it. Not quite a burn it, because like I said, I did finish the whole thing, so. <laughs> for me, I'm going to go with test it. Oh. I'm going to have to say burn it. Okay. I, there was things that I did enjoy, but overall, I think this was just a huge fucking waste of time as mm-hmm. far as. I'm not even sure why they even... I feel like they just did it just to have... They're like, well, we did a movie with Looney Tunes and a basketball player before. Let's just do it again. Instead of saying, how can we product place our fucking things in a different way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there probably was a better way to do that. I can't imagine that they're actually trying to make Looney Tunes a thing again. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I know they have they like did a, bring a new back, animated series mm-hmm. on HBO Max, but like, I don't know. I don't think... I. I find it hard to believe that they're trying really hard to make Looney Tunes a household name again. Yeah. Unless this was their first attempt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So that is it for our reviews and that is it for our movies and TV section of the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DTF Pod. Or send us an email directly if you want to dtfpod at gmail.com. And please take a couple seconds out of your day to go leave us a review or rating on your favorite podcast service so we can know how we're doing and get noticed. We would appreciate it. So let's get into our gaming news. To start us off with our new releases this week, we have an Xbox Death's Door is coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC on July 20th. On PlayStation, we have Ender Lilies, Quietest of the Nights, coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on the 20th. This was already available on some other platforms, but in case you were waiting for it on PlayStation. Uh, And on Switch, we have Pokemon Unite, coming to Switch on July 21st. 
Uh, and I just found out, apparently, this is a free-to-play game. Oh, okay. So I, it has, like, things you can pay for, I think, inside the game. But it's not something you have to buy up front. Okay. So I'm assuming it's their way of trying to make a Pokemon Go, maybe, on Switch. Oh, okay. I'm assuming. I haven't played it, obviously. But I'll probably check it out. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then something I wanted to bring up that was announced. I don't know why people care, but apparently this was like, it got a lot of attention and people seem to be optimistic about this game. A Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl was announced recently. Okay. And uh, people seem to be all for this. I know they had, it's basically going to be Nickelodeon characters from different properties all together. And it's kind of like a Smash Brothers. Okay. PlayStation All-Stars type game, I guess. But Nickelodeon characters. Alright. Sure. So, anybody interested, that's a thing happening. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's get into some of our news, huh? Yeah. Uh, apparently, Xbox could be updating the controllers to be similar to the PS5 DualSense. Uh, according to Phil Spencer on Gamescast for Kind of Funny, he said, We're definitely thinking about different kinds of devices that can bring more games to more places. There's probably some work we'll do on the controller. I think Sony's done a nice job with their controller. We kind of look at some of that and think, are there things that we should go do? Hmm. Okay. He's made comments in the past, too, about how... Well, not so much comments. I think he asked the question shortly after the release if people would be interested in the idea of a upgraded controller similar to what Sony's done with the haptic feedback and right. the... Like the thing where you can like blow on it. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's the part that they're. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just thinking of that. All the, on, I'm thinking but... of all the things that are different. So like also, like the moving side to side. I don't know what that would be called, but that's something that's unique to that, right? Isn't it? No. Oh. Uh, PS4 and PS3 even have that to an extent. I'm talking about versus Xbox, right? The up and down with the side of the... Oh, yes. Yes. Compared to Xbox, Compared to an yes. Xbox controller, that's different. Yes, where you can... Xbox has just been straight controllers. Right. They so, change the ergonomics of it all yeah, or yeah. whatever, but they have minor tweaks. But overall, it's the same controller, typically. Mm-hmm. And then the like, built-in microphone thing? Or does you do you have that on the Series X? No, that's no. not okay. a thing. So those those are things that that's a weird thing on PlayStation Five. Yeah. to be honest, it's weird. The, the you con- think it'd be on Xbox? I found that. You know how I found out about that? How come? How? Uh, <laughs> on accident playing, I think Avengers, uh-huh. and then I started hearing somebody talking, uh-huh. and I was like, "What the Where's fuck?" Because I wasn't on a headset. Yeah, it wasn't on my speakers. Mm-hmm. My controller, I could hear somebody talking. Okay. And then I was like, "Well, fuck! If I can hear them, they could probably hear me." Yeah. So I had to mute the controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so like you don't even need a headset for the the PS5 controller. You can just talk into your controller. That's crazy. It's kind of cool if you yeah. don't have a headset, but yeah. it's obviously going to be like, limited to the quality of the sound. And all right, that stuff. right. It also probably depends on how loud you put your TV mm-hmm. on. <laughs> but I think the whole point is about the haptic feedback mm-hmm. and like the the triggers and all that stuff, giving yeah. the like adjusted resistance and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think that would be a cool thing for them to do. And just to say, shout out that he's even on Kind of Funny's Gamecast. Because they do cover Xbox stuff, but they are relatively more pro PlayStation mm, when it comes okay. to gaming. Mm-hmm. 
So it's good that he's being able to get on outlets that he can kind of expand the Xbox brand to the user base. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, Valve has introduced a Steam Deck portable gaming device. Okay. So this is basically something that's been announced, and now it's being questioned if this is going to be the Switch killer. It's basically a portable PC where you can play your Valve uh, Steam library. Okay. So you would just download them onto the the device and -hmm. play them on your thing like a Switch. So basically it's like a tiny PC. Yeah. Okay. So it's a 7-inch 1280 by 800 resolution, 60 hertz LCD screen. They have a few models that they've announced already. $399 for a 64 gigabyte. $529 for a 256 gigabyte. Or $649 for a 512 gigabyte Jesus. hard drive. Okay. Is this something that you would find yourself interested in? Even if you're not like a, a PC gamer. Just knowing that you can have it like more in a portable device that you could like, you know, sit on the couch and play while you're watching something or being a little bit more relaxed and stuck at a computer right? being on a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept. I feel like I would be annoyed with the small screen, but I think this is a pretty cool idea for people who maybe their kids started playing games on the PC, but they don't want to have to go buy all those games again or whatever on a console. And buy I mean, the console. The price of this thing, I even at the lowest end. I know. I wouldn't be buying this for a kid. I'm just not necessarily like a, like a little kid, but like a teen, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I could see this being an, a nice option for people who don't have a lot of yeah. space in their home for another computer or a console, or they only have one TV or some shit like that. I'd love to know the battery life though, because yeah. this supposedly can play your games on your library, like. Full like, AAA games. Like, okay. That... Full performance. I think they came out that some games have limitations because they have uh, code in there that's supposed to help prevent, uh, like, hackers and stuff. Mm, okay. Some games they can't get on here yet, but they're working on a patch to get them on here. Okay. I think The Witcher was a game that they had referenced as mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah, I mean... F- I don't own anything. I, th- I think I own like one one or two games on Steam. So it would... oh, I would only have games that I got for free. Yeah, I think I exactly. opened a, a Steam account like a year ago and I never yeah. really went to it. Yeah. I'm not a mouse and keyboard person. I'm Granted, I never really tried to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I guess I'm just at the point where I'm like, well, why try now? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I just don't understand how you could possibly do it. And I know people it's are so really good at it. It's and so hard. You see some people playing Warzone, and you're like, how are they moving like this yeah. with a keyboard yeah. and mouse? I just don't get it. If there's a game, like when I started trying to play Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. um, I, it was on PC, and I, I was trying to do it, and I just I couldn't get into it because the controls pissed me off so much. Um, but on the on the flip side... I've played Sims since I was like 12, maybe 13, since it came out. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to go play it on console and I can't fucking handle it. Like I, I cannot wrap my brain around it. I can't yeah. play it. So it's like, I think it's just like how you start. You Once you, it's probably just a different type of game. Mm-hmm. It's like, so I know there's a lot of people that prefer it on console. So I think it's interesting. I'm curious how many people who are left-handed play on PC versus console. Because I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if maybe it's like, 
Because I know the way your mind works is right. different being yes. left-handed. Yeah. Yeah, I learned all that in psychology. I was always the test subject because yeah. I was left-handed in the yeah. class. So I am curious if it's like, it's just you can't wrap your brain around it on keyboard and mouse, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, okay, so to answer your question, I probably wouldn't care for this because it's such a small screen that I would feel like any game I'm trying to play is like, I don't want to play it on such a small screen, mm-hmm. you know? That's kind of how I am with some Switch games. Yeah. Like, some of them, like, I, I need to be on my TV yeah. to play this to yeah. feel like I'm getting the experience. Exactly. Yeah. I remember when I would abscond with your Switch and, like, play whatever game at the time, like, I would play a little bit on the Switch, and then I'd be like, ah, I, gotta, I give up. I gotta go to the screen. Because it was just easier mm-hmm. when you see it big. And then, not to mention the whole, like, tilt mechanic or whatever. Like, I would always fuck shit up because I couldn't hold it level while I was playing. Yeah. <laughs> so I would rather do it with the controller instead of the whole thing. So... But I can see why some people would buy this. Because if they already do have a Steam library and they want something portable where they could just hang out. Well, look, you can spend time with the family, but you're technically... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not on my phone, but... (laughs) That's true. That's true. You could. So I can see that being a viable option, especially if the price eventually comes down. Or even if you want to just get into it. Like, if you are more of a portable player, Mm -hmm. it's a way to introduce it to people who don't play the PC thing and they don't want to spend two plus grand right on a pc to play these games mm-hmm. they can now play them through this device right yeah it'd be cool they'd to have s- to invest into the device and start buying games on valve whatever right. steam yeah but i would not be surprised if there's a portion of people who are drawn to this just for the portability exactly yeah especially as like the world gets through over the pandemic eventually and people can start traveling more and all of that stuff that comes with being like in the 21st century. So do you think this would be a something for Nintendo to be worried about or is um, this more like Xbox and PlayStation versus Nintendo where they're like they are both gaming devices but they feel like they're different markets? I feel like this is I mean, at this point it is a different market but this does kind of light a fire under Nintendo's ass to get better I mean, they're still, they're getting good games, but, like, I feel like still Nintendo has that, like, feeling of there's this certain type of game that's a Switch game. When you buy a Nintendo console, you're buying it for Nintendo first-party yeah. games, right? Yes. You're not buying it for third-party. Right. You're not buying it because you just want a handheld The console. Switch has a lot more games than other generations have yes, had. Yes, absolutely. But when it comes to the bigger titles, they are still limited. Mm-hmm. They have done some interesting stuff with trying to get things through streaming versus, you know, like I think Resident Evil and some other games, I think Doom even, they had versions where you could stream it because it the hard, the hardware couldn't handle those games. Gotcha. But theoretically you could just stream it. Mm-hmm. So if your internet connection worked, you could play it through that way through a server got it okay and it would work theoretically that way mm-hmm. but yeah i think if you're getting nintendo you're getting it for nintendo brand games so i don't think they'll have a huge issue as far as competition for handhelds yeah depending on the performance this ends up having this could potentially just drive the price of gaming pc down gaming pcs or things like that because 
it's hard to get a actually good gaming PC for in that price range. So maybe that's that's the primary which competitor. Which makes you question like how good is this device yeah. going to be? Like we yeah. don't really know until it comes out. I think January or so is when it launches. Okay. December, January. Mm-hmm. I think pre-orders already went up. But I didn't even know when they went up, and yeah, people on you know groups I'm in are like, oh, did it, who who got a pre-order? Mm-hmm. I was like, it was up. <laughs> I guess if you cared about it, you knew. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, Netflix is going to introduce gaming on the service. This is via Bloomberg. Uh, they added former Electronic Arts and Facebook executive Mike Verdu as vice president of game development for the company. Netflix is reportedly planning to offer video games to the service within the next year as a new programming genre on the service, with no current plans for additional charges for the content. That so they're change. not going to raise their prices initially. Until they get you hooked. Until they get you into it, and that's <laughs> the standard why you're there. Yeah. And then they'll be like, okay. Okay, now, now it's $1 million per month. <laughs> now it's $1 million. So this feels like an obvious Netflix is trying to now compete with... Not just movie streaming, but game streaming with Xbox coming out with Game Pass in the last couple years. Mm-hmm. Amazon has its Luna service. Yes. Uh, Google has its Stadia. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a handful of companies going the streaming route. Yes. Different styles. Some you still buy the game. Others are service you pay for. Mm-hmm. But the streaming aspect is coming in full swing and apparently netflix wants a piece of it now here's an interesting piece to this story netflix data mine suggests that playstation could have a partnership with the company hmm. on the streaming service okay so two images were pulled from the netflix ios app through data mining uh, the graphic art featured two stylized ps5 controllers uh, and the location of the code suggests a bigger plan than just a partnership of advertising. Because hmm. at first you can say, well, okay, so maybe the PS5 controllers will work on whatever device. Like maybe Netflix through your PS5, you could use the controller to play the games on it. Yeah. Or through a phone, it'll let you play games through the Netflix app or something. Yeah. But... It's entirely possible that we will see PlayStation games specifically on Netflix service. Hmm. It's an interesting idea. I mean, we've been seeing Game Pass just flourish, right? It's yes. just doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what is PlayStation's plan? What is Sony's plan to compete with Xbox Game Pass? They keep saying, like, we, we're we just going to sell our games. And, you know, to an extent you can. But at some point, people will see the value of Game Pass over paying the same price for two games a year. Yes. That's true. So this could be a very creative way to compete with Game Pass by putting your games on a established service like Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. You no longer have to create that product. You have the brand recognition of Netflix. You already have millions of people subscribed. Mm -hmm. You have different devices. You could use tablets, phones, consoles, TVs. Yeah. If there's a way to then sync your controller to those devices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting 
point. You're already in a competitive position with with Microsoft and Game Pass. Yeah, definitely. Especially when your games are well-received overall, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I guess the question would be, what kind of games will we see, though? Will we be seeing the big brand AAA games like new releases that we're seeing on Game Pass? Or will we see like older games like PS4 stuff coming out or PS3 games coming out onto this for Netflix? I mean, I feel like if they're going to go this route, they need to go big. Because just pulling in with, oh, here's some older older PS4 games as our consolation prize to you not being able to use Game Pass for our service with, with our console games. Like, that's just kind of piss poor and not worth it. There's mm. like no, there's no reason to partner on that. I mean, we already have PlayStation Now, right? Yeah. It's really no comparison to Game Pass, it yeah. seems, right now. Yes, correct. The games... They have some good stuff on there, and it's gotten better over over time. But mm-hmm. when you ask people what service they have, it's typically not PlayStation Now over Game Pass. Yeah, if, assuming they have both consoles, exactly, or access to both services. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be an interesting play if if Sony jumps in through a brand like Netflix to then compete on the gaming side. Yeah, that's a good call. It's a win win for both sides in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But then the question comes into like, how does it work with contracts for games? That's like a whole other like aspect. You know, would would Netflix get a game exclusive? Mm-hmm. Would they work with like a Ubisoft or would they work with Square Enix and get a game exclusive to Netflix? Right. Will it be a Netflix original game? <laughs> I feel like they could do that. Because that's definitely something Netflix would do. But they should, I'm going to, if, if anyone's listening, I do not recommend that they do that right away. <laughs> I feel like they need to try it out first and get people interested before saying, oh, well, here's this exclusive that you can't, you literally can't get anywhere else. Like, that's just going to be, I don't know. I don't think that's the right move. I don't know I mean, why. you'd have to, you Netflix would have to back up a lot of fucking money to a yes. developer to say... We don't want anybody to be able to get this anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Sony's done it. They've gotten to do that. So it's possible. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it, I think, for that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see what happens with all that. Yeah. Um, I've got an interesting one for you. There's a well-known cheat maker named User Vision, or the the website's called User Vision, that halted development after... um, Activision requested it, <laughs> according to Ars Technica. They're, they basically posted a statement on their website by the primary developer, User101, that says they will no longer be developing or providing access to software that could be used to exploit Activision's games. My intent was never to do anything illegal. Um, basically, what happened is there was like a video released. They, they primarily peddle in these cheats that are like the one that automatically shoots when somebody goes through your crosshairs or like automatic reloads or whatever like little like aimbots and stuff like that not ex- sort of but not so much as full auto aim like just the individual pieces of things but there was a recent video that came out that said they were working on something that basically could be a full that will have full auto aim and a bunch of other crap right mm-hmm. that could work with any software or with any game on any platform blah 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 like you 
So this is something that people pay for to have access to then modify the game. Yes. But it's legal? It's not te- It's not technically modifying the game because it's using a bunch of things like an external, like a capture card and some other devices that are basically doing real time. Oh, so it's not changing the game, but it's yeah. changing how... It's changing how you inter- interact with the game. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not technically illegal. Um, so uh, their website is now down. I couldn't, when I clicked on this to like read their dis- statement, it's mm-hmm. not there anymore. Their YouTube channel doesn't exist anymore and their Discord is down as well. So basically, it even though there's a little stipulation that says this statement is not required in their little statement, because mm-hmm. somebody thankfully took, I don't know if it's screenshots or they copy-pasted into this one of these articles, um, it has a feeling of legal re- legally required recourse. Yeah, this whole thing <laughs> tells me, like, when, when you specify Activision yeah. uh, asked us to do something, like, mm-hmm. it, it makes me think instantly... They served you papers, yeah, and you are, yeah. <laughs> you shit yourself so bad, yeah, <laughs> that you just dismantled. Yeah, you just like dismantled everything, everything and walked away and started a new life. Yeah, <laughs> change your name and everything. You living on an island by yourself. Yes, exactly. Maybe he hopped on the spaceship with Jeff Bezos. Um, this. So the thing that sucks about this is like I, you know, I, and I probably have said it many times on this podcast. I fucking hate cheaters. I think mm-hmm. it's dumb, but. Uh, the thing that sucks about this particular thing is that the technology he was working on has other assistive benefits, such as enabling someone to control movement without the use of limbs. Um, well, it's possible they could be working on it still in that cause capacity under a different branding. Yes, but now he says he's no longer going to be developing it at all. Okay. For any purpose. Because... Is it possible that Activision bottom? Bought all this. And that's software. what they should have fucking done. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know for sure because I don't have all that. All those like access to those records. But that would. That's what they should have been. They said they. They should have been like, you're fucking hired. We're gonna use your technology and you're gonna finish working on it and you're gonna. We're gonna mm-hmm. be even richer than it's we like are. Like when people are. hire hackers to to inspect their figure defenses. out what yes. they can hack into. Exactly. So this is kind of like it's really. The cool it's a really cool idea to think that you could have this setup so that you could ha- potentially develop this soft this not software but whatever these mechanisms are to essentially direct your movement with your eyes that's like that's like straight VR you know what I mean like mm-hmm. if you think about the the extended possibilities of that it's a really fucking cool thing so I hope that's what happened I don't think it is but that would be really okay. fucking cool if that's what happened I mean, on the other side of the story, I guess you could see it as Activision potentially is really trying to crack down harder they on are, the yes. idea of people hacking in, I don't know, games like uh, Warzone. Yes. There's been a lot of press lately about how people are pissed about cheaters and there's been more and more cheating that's specific, that's actually bleeding into consoles too, not just PC games. So, so it's all cross-platform now. Yeah, so exactly. So You're playing on devices that don't they literally don't have the ability yeah to do that stuff unless you mod the console itself right whereas pcs you could just download a file and you fucking do it yeah so the thing about this was first of all what the video displayed was never released it was a prototype and he was basically showing off the possibilities but Mm. this thing was never released and this has the capability of being used on a console on a pc it does not 
it's, since it's not technically modifying the mm. game, it's modifying your inputs to the game, it could be used anywhere. So that was why I think they immediately were like, oh, fuck no. Well, this this stuff specifically was not used in anything. But, like, this is a brand that the, does yes, stuff for... Yes, some of their stuff, yes. ...games already. Yes, they do have cheats that were being used in PC and whatever the fuck else, right? Which I don't agree with. But the technology that was the potential to be applied to any console, any game, mm-hmm. that was the part that that was supposedly the part that got them shut down. Or a well, cease and desist, if you will. If it's not Activision, I'm sure somebody's knocking on their door for yeah. this kind of Well, tech, Activision did request legitimate. that they stop, stop pr- producing or stop developing it. They requested that they take the video down. Yeah, what I'm saying, though, oh, okay. is... You're saying he's shutting down all activity yes. on doing yeah. the research on yes. this tech. Mm-hmm. Even if he does that, mm-hmm. and Activision has no interest in the tech itself, yeah. if they're even, that's why they shut it down. Yeah. Someone like Microsoft would potentially be interested because I mean, yeah. they are full on about accessibility yeah. for gamers. Yeah, immersiveness and accessibility. Yeah, you're right. It has so many possible applications. So, so. in that aspect, like, there is somebody who would be like, Libel. let me have it or <laughs> let me work with you and yes. we'll figure it out. Yeah. Cover the lawyer side. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. I hope that's what happens. But, I mean, so far it sounds like only Activision would be able to, like, do anything legally in the aspect of it directly affecting their games. Yes. Otherwise, they're just some random third party who's like, well, I don't like that. Yeah. Shut it down. The official reason the official reason that this stuff started was that Activision requested that had filed something like a copyright bullshit for the video. And so that's why the video had to get taken down. And then it turned into this whole thing and suddenly the website's down entirely. So. Maybe they have some kind of tech that they are, oh, it are was... claiming that he maybe took their tech or something. Maybe. It or was... maybe they're using potentially code or tech from... Activision to have made what they're doing. Maybe. Or uh, my interpretation in order to use I don't know. My interpretation just, was just that it was video that was from their games. Uh, it sounds like it would be used on any yeah. games, not just an Activision yes, game. Yes, correct. So, it's just the video was used primarily heavily featuring Activision games. Oh, well that's what it is. That, yeah, that's what I was just saying. Okay, I didn't catch that. Okay. So it's because they just use Activision yes, games, without permission. Right, they were using they were demonstrating the capabilities of this prototype stuff by using video that featured Activision, some Activision games. And they were not happy with that, obviously. So then they wanted them to take the video down. But then it escalated into this whole thing, and now this guy doesn't fucking exist anymore. So that's the part that's like, what the fuck? (laughs) He probably got too much attention that he didn't, wasn't comfortable with, and just kind of was like, fuck it. Yeah. Okay, well, that was my story. Okay. Well, I mean, that's all of our stories now. Yeah. I started out with this one. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to talk shit about cheaters. And then I was like, oh, man, this one actually seems like <laughs> it. it's a good and a bad, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I had one game that I did play, uh, Mario Golf. Okay. Mario Golf Super Rush on the Nintendo Switch. And you guessed it. It is a golf game. What? Using the characters from the Mario franchise. Okay. And anything related with Nintendo, really. <laughs> it's pretty much what the Smash Brother characters do when they're just trying to relax. Yeah. They go play some they golf. They go play golf. 
That's when they're not being used in battle. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing golf. Overall, it has a pretty good roster of characters. It's not huge, but it's it's decent. All the characters have their own stats and all that stuff. The game actually surprisingly had like a campaign with an actual storyline and all that stuff, which surprised me because my last experience with a Mario Golf game was, here's the course, go play golf. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Wii Fit games. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's just like, there was no actual storyline as far as i could tell and I, that's on gamecube so this I think has I like a like a golfer campaign <laughs> yeah like you start out you pick a character you do you can even do your like me characters mm-hmm. they let you import those um you meet up with your coach which is just like a, a koopa troopa and mm-hmm. then like you have this whole narrative of how you have to like train and practice and do like the tutorial and all this stuff mm-hmm. and then go sleep because you're tired and come back in the morning and then go do this little quarter final whatever mm-hmm. tournament thing and then okay. basically you have to like earn your way up and to prove that you can play in the competitive tournaments and then okay so it's like a legit campaign yeah like there's like <laughs> a whole story behind it and stuff wow. and i don't know it i guess it's fun for people that like that but when I started the story lo- the story mode, it was just so boring. Personally, I thought it was boring. Yeah, and was having just... to sit here and read all these fucking characters talking to each other. Yeah. When I literally just wanted to play you golf. just want to play golf, yeah. I was like, I'm not even a golfer. I don't even go golfing. <laughs> As you were describing it, I was like, and you actually played this? Because it doesn't sound like a game you would want to play. <laughs> I just wanted to play what I remember as Mario Golf. Do they have... Because like, last time I played Mario Golf was GameCube. Right. Do they have like a like a freestyle mode after you've played some of it? Like, did you? Well, get... that's the fun thing is you don't even actually have to play the story mode. Oh, you okay. can go straight to uh, playing private games with friends. Oh, and, like, different perfect. modes. They have a couple mode types. One they introduce is like basically speed golf, where you hit the ball. You you all basically go at the same time. You all hit, and then you can run to your ball. Okay. And they have like stuff on the course, like coins that'll get you more points, and then these turbo things you can like do a turbo thing, and then okay. you hit this icon, and then it lets you turbo more, fills your meter, and all this stuff. So the idea is not just to be accurate, but to also get there first, right? And to get the get it in the hole first. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and it's. It's fun in the sense of like if you like want to play but you don't have time to sit through a eighteen hole course. Right. You can just do this like mini I think you can pick whatever range you want. But mm-hmm. I think the typical is like six or something. Okay. And uh it's interesting to do that game type, but I think I prefer like the more standard just one at a time. Uh but multiplayer I thought was really fun because you can jump in with your friends and then even if you haven't played the story mode, you can unlock courses as long as you beat an 18-hole course with... Ah. Like, you can lose. You don't uh-huh. have to actually win anything. You just have to complete As long it. as you just played it uh-huh. to, to progression of the 18 courses, you will unlock the next course. And then nice. you go on and on and on. So, I think it's fun for people who don't necessarily have that competitive nature. Mm-hmm. You can still open up and unlock things and kind of get the experience of the different maps. Uh, the courses get really hard, though. They get, like, these weird weather uh, environmental challenges where, like, 
lightning areas will happen or like a blackout area where you can't see on the map where you're gonna hit the ball oh really trees always get in the fucking way that's for sure uh-huh okay did you have any um like glitches or anything like that or no i this okay. was pretty polished as far okay. as i could tell uh characters all have like special moves which vary depending on the character the the more heavy characters seemed like they their moves were more based around defense of like ruining somebody else's location where okay like i think i think i played as bowser and then his move was like something like you bomb the area where everybody else's balls are and uh-huh. then it knocks them randomly <laughs> okay. elsewhere so you okay. can like get them out of position if they're in a good position or whatever mario's was more of like a precision shot where you would hit and it would just basically land like directly where you Mm-hmm. targeted yeah and of course they have like the different clubs that you use so you can pick different wedges or whatever oh wow i'm probably using the wrong terms i think it's <laughs> yeah. called a wedge yeah <laughs> for like the type of hit you're going for how far how hard you're trying to hit it and all that stuff they have you yeah. know putters and all that stuff you can adjust between these things manually okay. but it is nice that it gives you like this automatic this is what we think you should go with okay and then the way the swings work is very interesting where it has this power bar where you hit it, you press A or whatever to go up, that hits the power, and then it goes down and then comes back up, and then you hit a combination of things if you want. You go like AA for like uh, spin forward or power spin forward mm-hmm. or backspin, power backspin, yeah. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. basically it... Adds extra speed or roll once mm-hmm. it hits the ground if you yeah. want to go further. Or if it's like you have a sand trap over there so you want to kind of drastically slow it down. You can backspin it. Mm-hmm. You can add curves, which I haven't mastered myself. But you can like use the joystick to go left or right to kind of curve the ball around trees or whatever if you want. So there's a lot more intricate gameplay than I thought there would be. Yeah. But it was very interesting to see all that stuff available. Even if I found myself like using the ver- the very basic swings, mm-hmm. you know, swing straight and just keep <laughs> going until I get there. Yeah. I haven't gotten a hole in one yet, I don't think. But I have gotten I think it's a birdie where I got two swings and then I'm gonna be honest, I know that's a word with golf, but okay. I don't know what it I means. I think it's a birdie, I don't know. <laughs> Is that like a spare in golf? I huh. It doesn't matter. I don't know Sorry. how to compare it to bowling. Sorry <laughs> to tell you. Well, because like a strike would be a hole in one, right? Yeah. Okay. So if a birdie is whatever, it's fine. It's it doesn't fine. matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Like you honestly don't have to like golf. And honestly, the only reason I bought it was just because I had friends that were playing it. And mm-hmm. I was like really tempted to play it. I was interested because, like I said, I played the GameCube one and I really enjoyed that when that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've had any on the Wii or Wii U, but so I couldn't tell you like how it's shifted from GameCube to this one, if there's anything in between that was a little bit more comparable to this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I bought it one night, jumped on with them, and I didn't know what I was doing and I, you know, had a great time. I think it's a fun game for people who are competitive, and it's a fun game for people who just want to kick back, drink a beer, and hang out with their friends and pretend like they're golfing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 
Virtual golfing. Yeah. And they have, like, uh, unlock stuff that you can do. Like, the, your characters have stats, which, like, in the story mode, I kind of went into that a little bit. When you play your courses, you get points, and then those points can be used to get improved stats on your player. Mm-hmm. But, like, I did notice as I improved certain bars, like like your power of your swing or or stamina of the run and stuff, I did notice other things would lower. Mm. So it's not like you just power everything up you want to like 100%. It's like a give and take. So yeah. even though you're powering up something, something else is going to give. So you kind of uh. have to find that balance to an extent depending okay. on how you play. If you care more about accuracy, you're going to focus on that, you know. I was like, well, I want the power swing to right. get like the highest I can. Yeah. To get the furthest shot so I can get less distance that I have to do between or less what are rotations for shots. But it's interesting. I, I think uh I was pleasantly surprised with this game. Very important question. Are there like multiple different like accessories or what's it what do you call it? Uh visual cosmetics? Or is no, it, you as just far as I can tell, you just done. choose your character, you're done. I okay. don't think there's variations. Okay. But the cool thing is, when they announced this, they did say that um, they are bringing basically DLC to the game. That's going to huh. be free with the game. So oh, you cool. don't have to go buy it. So Very cool. Okay. I think they're adding like a course that's going to be themed after uh, New Donk City from uh, Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Stuff like that. And they'll probably, they'll probably have some characters that yeah. you can play. From other properties that they haven't put in yet. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say final verdict for me is it's a slice it. I, I have had a great time with it. The story mode. I'm not into like the whole narrative side of it all. But mm-hmm. like I'm fine past the tutorial. So hopefully it'll be a little bit less tedious as mm-hmm. far as just playing the golf courses that I want to play. Yeah. Although I have noticed that the so far at least the. Story mode is the speed golf. It's not normal golf, which I assume is intended for them to let you get through it faster. Yeah. Um, but there are other modes. I think there's like an arena battle mode as well that you can do that's similar to like what you would see in Mario Kart, stuff like that, where you're kind of fucking with the other players as they're, okay. you're trying to score. Got it. Trying to psych them out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got the ghost being like, boo, right when they shoot. <laughs> Yeah, well played. Yeah. Peach is about to take a shot. Bowser just steals her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's it for, uh, I think, uh, our episode, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I'll have to check out Mario Golf. I think it's even, like, couch co-op and all that, too, so you don't have to be online to play with people. Okay, maybe we'll check it out one of these days. And I'm I'm sure it has Joy-Con, like, swinging and all that stuff, too, that... I'm be honest, I haven't done because my ah. Joy-Cons are drifting, mm-hmm. so I've been playing with just the controller, mm-hmm. but um, from my understanding, you can also play in a more interactive way like like that, like you would with the Wii. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. Thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate you. Please don't forget to leave us a rating or review on Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, or e- any of your fucking, any of your podcast services that you use. We would appreciate any of them. Um, definitely don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DTFpod or check us out on our website, DTFcast.com. And as always, send us an email to DTFpod at gmail.com if you have requests or suggestions or anything. Thanks.
that's it for episode 101, Not Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah, Not Dalmatians. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.